Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Our guest, a career law enforcement officer, talks about line of duty deaths of co-workers, one of which was his cousin. That's coming up next. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from the great state of Maryland, my old stomping ground. We have Eric Brennan on the phone. Eric is a part of the Emerald Society of Baltimore, Police Emerald Society of Baltimore, which, by the way, I'm also a big fan of. We'll talk about that in a moment. Eric, thanks so much for joining us on the Law Enforcement Today show. Hi, thanks, Jay. Thanks a lot. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, it's definitely my pleasure to be here. Well, one of the things we got to say right off the bat, you know, I'm retired from the Baltimore City Police Department. Eric is an active duty member of the Baltimore County Police Department. Even way back in the 80s, we had a long-standing rivalry, uh, good-natured. For those who aren't familiar, Baltimore County surrounds about three-quarters of Baltimore City. And people think they're one and the same. They're two totally different governments, two totally different jurisdictions, different departments, all that stuff. But we always worked well together. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you on the show. All kidding we did on the phone before aside, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. And they do have real police out in Baltimore County. They really do. There's some awesome people. So we'll talk about that part a little bit later on the show. First, I want to talk about something I'm very excited about, the Police Emerald Society of Baltimore. Tell us about that organization. Yeah, so the Police Emerald Society, we've been in existence since 1996, and it is a mix of federal, state, and local police officers. Uh, initially started up by Baltimore PD and Baltimore County Police Officers. We were a fraternal organization for probably about 15 plus years. And then uh, just in the past few years, we actually transferred over to a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And we concentrate our efforts, you know, ideally in Maryland, but we do have, you know, far reach throughout the country uh, whenever someone needs some financial assistance or just some, some moral support, you know. Our members are always there to help them out. People would think that when you say Emerald Society, that it's primarily a drinking club. 
And that's not, I'm sure that that happens. Being police, that's something we did a lot, but I'm sure that's not all you do. What are the different things that you guys do? Well, definitely as a fraternal organization, you know, we gather together different meetings, parties, if you want to call those, um, you know, just to, to bond the brotherhood, the thin blue line, uh, but also, you know, as a nonprofit, we need to celebrate our heritage uh, with the Irish American community, but also, you know, we generate funds through donations, and ultimately, you know, every money, every cent that comes in the door goes right back out to officers in need, whether it's here within Maryland, or again, you know, we've we've gone outside where there's been some natural disasters in other parts of the country to help out you know, other Emerald Society and and other non-Emerald Society uh, law enforcement officers. Now, this is something I have to join. You weren't in existence when I retired. And I guess you formed about a year before I went to Florida the first time. My grandparents immigrated from County Cavan, Ireland, uh, McCormick's, Lynch, O'Shaughnessy's. And my, my father's family was a mixture of Irish Protestant from Northern Ireland and also uh, Irish Republic Catholic. Uh, that's a long story because there was disowning and all kinds of stuff when his parents got married. It was a real to-do up in New Jersey. They didn't like that at all. Uh, so that's an organization that's near and dear to my heart, being that it's comprised of police from the Baltimore area, Maryland, state of Maryland, and those of Irish descent. I applaud you for doing that. Uh, is this a national thing as well, or is this a Baltimore and a Maryland thing? No, it's it's absolutely national. There's, um, you know, we, ha- we obviously have the Police Emerald Society here in Baltimore. There's the Emerald Society on the eastern shore here in Maryland. And then there's probably... There must be over a hundred Emerald Societies throughout the the country, and we all we're kind of set like the Fraternal Order of Police. Mm-hmm. And there's a national Emerald Society called the National Conference of Law Enforcement Emerald Societies, and we fall under their umbrella. We have a business meeting during Police Week every year, along with a memorial march that goes at the police memorial. And then there's always a national conference that's held in different cities throughout the country in well, the fall. We're supposed to be at the police week this year, so I'm definitely going to run into you and, and see you and see all your compatriots as well. Excellent. Then, And you also have a big fundraiser, a big party coming up with our friend George Wooden. Tell us about that. Yes, yes, we do. This will be our largest fundraiser to date as an organization. Uh, it's going to be a St. Patrick's Day bash. Uh, we're going to go the night before St. Patrick's. It's going to be March 16th from 8 to 12 a.m., and that's going to be at a place called Martins East, which is just outside of Baltimore County. Or I'm sorry, outside of Baltimore City on the east side of Baltimore County. And what is going on there? It's going to be a big party, big auction, all those things, a bull and oyster roast, which, by the way, I'm going to officially announce right here, I'm going to be at that event. So all my brothers and sisters from Maryland, Baltimore Police Department, the folks I worked with, the state at Baltimore County, DEA, you got to show up. You got to be at that event. If you are if you can be there, be there. I want to see you. Yes. Uh, the more the merrier. This, it's definitely going to be uh, reminiscence of the old days of, uh, you know, we still have our annual paddy wagon party. You know, there's old days of uh, wide herbs and uh, the old famous Elliot Ness days party, too, that yes. uh, was infamous. Yes. We yes, won't go into details because there might be statutes of limitations involved, but there were some epic parties in downtown Baltimore back in the day. Yes, and, and that's what we're trying to recreate, you know, just to get back to some of the good old days, uh, getting 
you know, local, state, fed cops, get everybody together. Um, you know, the best way to network and uh, just enjoy each other's company, share some good stories, and uh, carry on. Now, you're going to have an auction at that event. What are some of the items that will be auctioned? Yeah, so we're looking at doing a uh, live auction, silent auction, and then just general raffles. Uh, George has lined up some really nice auction items for us. Uh, signed football helmet from Notre Dame, jewelry, uh, sound, signed prints, um, putting together a uh, crab feast for about 25 people. It'll include a, you know, a tent, crab mounts, a couple bushels of crabs. People that, are, that uh, aren't from people that aren't from the Baltimore area or from Maryland don't know how big that is. They just the crab feast in and of itself is worth the the price of attendance. Yes, it is absolutely. We had such good times over uh, brown and paper and newspaper and crabs and and beer and conversation. Uh, I, I'm glad to see we're bringing those back because. That used to be a mainstay, at least uh, during my days in the Baltimore Police Department, that we did those sort of things as often as we could. And I've heard from active members, not just in Baltimore, uh, but also other parts of the United States, that a lot of that has disappeared, that the camaraderie doesn't seem to be what it used to be. No, I I definitely think that's true. Uh, Unfortunately, I I don't know if it's a cultural thing that is just kind of, uh, coming up with the with the new generation, and that's why I'm I'm really happy to be on on the air with you, because myself and and some other guys and some of the organizations that belong to you know everyone this, it's a topic that just keeps coming up, and I think it's very important for us to to kind of take the the lead on this, and we really need to lean on on the new guys and gals coming up through the ranks and really impress upon them that you know being a police officer is not just a a job or a profession to collect a paycheck and health insurance or your pension down the road. But it's really, uh, you know, the brotherhood. It's a calling and it's being part of a big family. Absolutely. Uh, What is your website so people get more information before we get a break? Yes. So for the Police Normal Society, that is www.pesbaltimore.org. And we're also on Facebook. Yes, and we're on Facebook and Twitter. And that'd be Police Emerald Society of Baltimore on Facebook and Twitter? Yes. All right, we are talking with Eric Brennan about uh, Police Emerald Society of Baltimore. A lot of other things heading your way on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? Is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand, and for over 35 years now, I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677, 24 hours, and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800-956-0677, get your free starter kit until 500 are gone. You'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk, largely tax-free, and get 90% of the work done for you for pennies. That's 800-956-0677. 800-956-0677. Again, 800-956-0677. That's 800-956-0677. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. 
Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Back to our conversation with Eric Brennan on the Law Enforcement Today show. Eric, in addition to being a law enforcement officer, is actively involved in one of the members of the Police Emerald Society of Baltimore. And we'll talk about your big party coming up soon. You did mention George Wooden and his organization, BW Unlimited. They specialize in charity fundraising, doing phenomenal stuff. He's been on the show before. Uh, if you have a nonprofit charity, especially law enforcement related, but he does all kinds, contact him. Uh, tell him you were referred by law enforcement today for some extra incentives. Their website is bwunlimited.com. That's B as in boy, W as in William, unlimited.com. Be sure to tell him you heard about it on law enforcement today. Eric, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We'll get back to talk about your organization uh, a little bit later on, because I could talk Baltimore and Maryland, and we could talk football. We could talk about crabs and and, and going down the ocean, all that stuff all day. And I love going down memory lane. I, I was always have a, a soft spot in my heart for uh, law enforcement anywhere, but in particular, those uh, in and around the Baltimore area. I don't want to say that it's different there, but I think maybe it is. And you're an active duty law enforcement officer in an agency. Are you allowed to say which one it is? Uh, Baltimore County Police Department. Okay. Well, I did kind of allude to that earlier in the conversation. Yeah, didn't yeah I? we kind of let the cow out of the bag on that yeah, one. I uh, did. Yeah. We'll see what happens. They, they wore different uniforms than us. They called us names. We called them names. <laughs> but, you know, I, I worked in Northwest District of Baltimore for many, many years. We are bordered against Pikesville and Randallstown, that whole area. You would think, people who don't understand, 
in law enforcement, maybe it's changed by now, but they had a totally different radio system than we did. So every now and then we would get an alert that a Baltimore County officer needed help just across the line. And we were there. It didn't matter. And same, vice versa. Has that gotten better? Is there like a way to communicate back and forth now between the two different agencies? Unfortunately, no. I mean, there, there's no shared channels, but we do have ways to switch our radios over to city channels. And, and start talking to them. A lot of times we'll just have our desk officers call. Yeah, that's district. what they did back in the day too. Is yep. If you got, if, if a Baltimore County officer uh, needed assistance and they got on the radio, they called uh, in Baltimore, we call signal 13. And the dispatcher would announce it in the county and then pick up the phone and call city dispatcher, almost like a, a, a speed dial number. And they'd call it out and say, hey, Baltimore County officer needs help, such and such. Uh, and that was it. You'd think that there'd be some mass communications between the two agencies, but I think technology, failing technology, old technology, whatever it might be, budget, finance, misappropriation. I don't want to call names about City Hall in Baltimore. That's a conversation for another show. You'd think they would have gotten their act together by this point. Yes, you'd think so, but you know, that's uh, big government for you. It is. A priority shift, and uh, that's unfortunately not, not one of their priorities. It's ours, but not theirs. And how, how long has your law enforcement career been so far? I just clicked over 19 years. 19? Yes. So you're like really a salty old cop now. <laughs> uh, I'm getting there. I think I still got some more, some more time in me. but uh, Well, it's funny. You don't sound bitter or jaded or, or very cynical, as, at least yet, in the conversation. Well, yeah, it's, it's funny because I was going over some notes and uh, some of the topics that, that you just wanted to talk about some good days and bad days and it's made me kind of reminisce and, and look back over, over my time and uh fortunately i've definitely had a lot more good days than bad days uh-huh. and uh you know I, my role with the animal society definitely keeps me young and i'm very fortunate to have a, a good wife that that takes care of me and good kids and i think having that good foundation that good structure is what what really gets you through and, and carries you through your career now, when I was back in Maryland for about four years, uh, my radio career took me to Southern Maryland as a, a rock, classic rock radio DJ. And I heard the news uh, that a Baltimore County officer had been killed. And the first thing we do is go, uh, I kind of, I hope it's not someone I know. And it's like, oh, almost like a sigh of relief. It's not a Baltimore City officer, so I probably don't know him. And, and then I, I got online, I checked out, I believe it's a Baltimore Sun. And I hate, to, I hate to admit on the radio that I, I check out their webpage. I do, uh, periodically. And I saw a picture of the officer, and I knew immediately who it was. It was the son of a guy I went through the academy with. Uh, his father's name was Charles Snyder, Chuck Snyder. He's a retired uh, Baltimore police sergeant. And his name was Jason. And it was devastating to me because I remember seeing Jason, I think the last time I saw him, he was probably about eight years old, uh, somewhere around around the age when we graduated from police academy. And there he was. And I went to the viewing uh, up at Manchester, I believe it was. And all those emotions come back from all those line of duty deaths all over all those decades. That's definitely one of those low notes. And I think that you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but to, to touch on Jason, you know, at the time of his death, I was working in the, our canine unit, and uh, you know, they're right down the hallway 
from our office, and you know, we did a lot of operations together, working all the time. And uh, yeah, that that was a huge, huge hit um, to our department. You know, Jay was such a squared away good guy. I mean, he really was uh, the epitome of what it was to, to be a SWAT officer. Yeah, he was a SWAT officer. He was also a Marine Corps veteran. Yeah. Uh, he was a spitting image of his father back when he we were in academy together. It, there was just no denying that, that this was the, this cat's son. And uh, it was if I had known him my entire life. And really, I only met him for a few moments when he was a child. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he was definitely uh, the best of the best when it, when it comes to our department. Um, definitely, truly missed. Um, you know, I still think about that day when, uh, when he was killed. And then I flash forward and uh, and talk about uh, our recent line of duty death back in um, this past May on the 21st when my cousin Amy Caprio was killed in the line of duty. And that, I believe, was a a Parkville area? Yes, yes. uh, And that's supposed to be a decent area. At least it was back in the day. You don't expect violence, violent crime. You don't expect violent crime against police in that area. No, it's it's a fairly quiet area. I work the midnight shift there now, and uh, it, it just it. Yeah, I, I don't think it really matters where you live nowadays. Uh, criminals are are definitely very transient. They can get around it's uh, any way they can. At that time, we had a whole rash of carjackings in Baltimore City, and then they would come out to Baltimore County and they were committing uh, business burglaries at nighttime, and then uh, residential burglaries during the daytime. And ultimately, that's what brought Amy to that call of service. Please remember, this is an active criminal prosecution involving the suspects accused of the murder of Baltimore County Police Officer Amy Caprio. Therefore, Department of Rules, regulations, dictates, policies and procedures from the state's attorney's office, the department, prohibit Eric from going into a lot of details about the apprehension of the suspects, naming the suspects, or going into further detail Thank you for your understanding. Now back to the conversation. That's what those guys were. They were uh, daytime residential burglars. Now people tend to, and the news seems to perpetuate this myth, that burglars are non-violent criminals. Uh, and, and by the way, most burglaries do occur in the daytime, and they want to be there when people are not home. So they'll send some of the door to knock a little bit. They may have a hard hat on or clipboard, something to make it look like uh, they're not a burglar. And when no one answers, they go around back and break in. That's a hundred percent correct. You know, they, you know, they they don't want any confrontation with the homeowners. They just want a quick score and, and be on their way. But unfortunately, you know, they're they're like a cornered animal when they get caught. And many of them nowadays are armed too. I've I've been witnessing or seeing videos of uh, burglaries that turn into unintended home invasions because someone was there and they didn't realize it. Absolutely. Yeah. So we always said. Back, this is way back in the day uh, that you're only as far as a stolen car away from extremely violent crime and so it doesn't matter where you are what part of suburbia you are how good the neighborhood is how good the school system is uh, violent criminals as long as they get their, their hands on a, a car subway system whatever it might be they can be at your doorstep and they can create uh, horrible damage and horrible crime and we're going to talk about uh, what it was like for you particular your cousin amy caprio her her death what it was like for the agency you listen to law enforcement show we're taking a short break we'll be right back want to fly somewhere looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets then call 
That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603 That's 800-451-8603 There are many sounds in your daily life. Ones that make you smile. (laughs) Ones that help you relax. And there are some sounds that can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts. Now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you critical information about emergencies in your area. With updates from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know wherever you are. Learn more at ready.gov alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Left Chest Society t-shirts from honor-line.com. These unique tombstone-themed t-shirts are designed by a career law enforcement officer, art by one of the nation's top artists. Check them out online at honor-line.com. Get one or get all three. Use promo code LET at checkout at honor-line.com and get 10% off. Go to honor-line.com and use promo code LET at checkout to save 10%. That's Left Chest Society t-shirts only at honor-line.com. Use promo code LET to save 10%. That's promo code LET at honor-line.com. We're expanding. The Law Enforcement Today radio show has grown so much and so rapidly, we now have two Facebook pages. You can do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. That's a new page. Be sure to click like when you get there and follow. In addition, we have our main page, which is Law Enforcement Today. So do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today and be sure to click like and follow that one as well. Returning to our conversation with Eric Brennan. Eric is a member of the Baltimore County Police Department, also one of the members of the Police Emerald Society of Baltimore. We're, We're talking, sadly, And this happens all too often. We're talking very sadly about the incident where your cousin, I believe you said, Amy Caprio, was killed in line of duty. And I remember it. I remember well. I remember the news came out and uh, had misinformation like they normally do. They're in such a rush to get the story out there uh, that they don't quite often put out the right information. Please remember, this is an active criminal prosecution involving the suspects accused of the murder of Baltimore County police officer, Amy Caprio. Therefore, Department of Rules, regulations, dictates, policies and procedures from the state's attorney's office, the department, prohibit Eric from going into a lot of details about the apprehension of the suspects, naming the suspects, or going into further detail. Thank you for your understanding. Now back to the conversation the best of your ability that you can talk about, you want to walk people through the events of that day? Sure, yeah. The, uh, 
so Amy was working day work, the uh, seven to two shift, and about to get off, but they they give out this last suspicious vehicle call, and uh, she heads out, and uh, she was a very aggressive patrol officer. Uh, you know, was very fortunate. She worked in a different precinct, and within the few months before her death, she had transferred into to Parkville, and at that time, I I'd gotten promoted to canine, so I started working at Parkville myself. So I was very privilege to be able to share that time with her. We had a few months of uh, working together, different shifts, but at least I got to see her uh, from occasion. And, uh, you know, just keep an eye on her. And she was really starting to excel and you know, come up on four years in her career. So she was really starting to come into her own. Uh, so, you know, like the aggressive patrol officer she was, she went to this call and three suspects had broken into a house. And meanwhile, they had a getaway driver and and she pulls into this cul-de-sac and winds up uh, conducting a car stop. And Please remember, this is an active criminal prosecution involving the suspects accused of the murder of Baltimore County Police Officer Amy Caprio. Therefore, Department of Rules, regulations, dictates, policies and procedures from the state's attorney's office, the department, Prohibit Eric from going into a lot of details about the apprehension of the suspects, naming the suspects, or going into further detail. Thank you for your understanding. Um, fortunately, there were some neighbors that actually witnessed the entire series of events take place, and they came out to give her aid. Unfortunately, you know, with their the rescue aid that they tried to do, and then when the medics arrived, you know, Amy was already gone at that point, but they, they really did try to do their best for her. I find it very repulsive to talk about people who commit violent crime and give them any kind of publicity at all. Uh, and I, I think our media is just a horrendous job of, especially mass murderers and people who kill police, uh, of giving them all kinds of publicity, their name, their backstory. Their, and I know the lawyers, and I know the lawyers involved in this one are... Uh, trying to make a three-ring circus out of which is very typical for the Baltimore area. Uh, and the whole thing makes me sick. So uh, I'm going to get back to Amy. Uh, how old was she when this occurred? Uh, the following weekend, she would have turned 30 years old. She's a very young lady. Uh, from what I recall, she'd just been recently married as well, hadn't she? Yes. Uh, well, they, they've been married for... She was coming up on her fourth year anniversary with the department and... Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, that would have been four years also, or I'm sorry, three years for their wedding anniversary. So that's basically when you've been married as long as I have. That's a newlywed. Right, absolutely. You've been married a while too as well, haven't you? Uh, I've got a couple years under me. Yeah, <laughs> a couple years. And you're not <laughs> cynical and jaded either. That's amazing. <laughs> so well, I, My wife's going to be listening to this, this yeah, later on. Yeah. So. so she's a I, saint, I to, just like mine, is a saint. And, uh, we, you know, in all honesty... This is my second marriage. My first marriage uh, failed in part, a large part, due to the after effects and my inability to handle the after effects of uh, being around so much violence and police work. Uh, that's just that's the abridged version of that. And uh, we both tried. We tried very, very hard to save the marriage, and it did not work. And, and I know I'm not alone. So when we have law enforcement officers and, and their spouses have been married for quite a while. That's, that takes a special reader person. And they, they are fully involved and committed. You can't do this line of work by yourself without having a family member supporting you. 
Oh, that that's a hundred percent correct. Yeah, with, without without Katie, I wouldn't be able to do anything that I'm I'm already doing. And I'm fortunate that she she's a uh, she was a court commissioner at one point, and now she's a paralegal for our circuit court system. So she sees, she knows what I do every day. It's coming across her desk. What her uh, her grandfather was a Baltimore City police officer back in the late fifties, sixties. So even before uh, my time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my father was a Baltimore County police officer for 27 years. Um, and this this will even go back. My grandfather worked for the Baltimore City Park Police. Oh, really? That's way back. That's before yeah. our time, too. That's uh, And then they merged into the city police department, so uh, they no longer existed. I think like the late 70s they merged, somewhere around then? I, th- I think even earlier than that, yes. Yep. So law enforcement runs in your family. Yes, it does. Did you have a choice about careers, or was it just something assumed, or you knew from Jump Street as a youngster that you wanted to be a police? I think it was just a natural path. I got out of high school when I went to the Marine Corps Reserves for six years, um, attended college, and um, my father actually was trying to sway me away from law enforcement, and uh, he, he said, you know, well, if you have to do it, you should go federal. And of course, like any good son, I did not listen to him at all. Right now, and, jo- <laughs> and joined the same department he worked for when he retired. You, you were police in the same agency, and the, the sad truth is, I have a nephew whose uh, his Marine Corps enlistment ends uh, this spring, and he's stationed in the D.C. area, and he really wants to be a police officer in uh, Virginia or Maryland or the district. So he started asking me you know, what agencies he should go to. And I hate to say this, and it pains me to say it. I cannot suggest and won't suggest the Baltimore Police Department. And I I love that agency. I almost died for that agency uh, and that city. And I love this city. It's a love-hate relationship with that city. But it pains me to say that I can't suggest my own nephew, who's a squared-away young man who really wants to be a police, to go there. I know they really need good police, but that agency has a lot of problems. And I know you can't comment. I'm not trying to paint you in a corner because you, you, you have to, your county police have to work next to these guys. It's not the rank and file. I want people to understand it. It's not the rank and file officers. It's City Hall. It's the command staff. That's where I have a problem with the Baltimore Police Department. Uh, and, and the people that live there should have a big problem with them as well and not the rank and file but oftentimes they get misled and go for the rank and file we're gonna take a short break we're talking with eric brennan on the law enforcement Day show we'll be right back epidemic america's public health crisis these are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the united states countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. 
That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B. Find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit adoptuskids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Returning to our conversation with Eric Brennan from the Baltimore County Police Department. Uh, Thank you for your service, Eric. Also, you are, what's your official position with the Police Emerald Society of Baltimore? I am currently the president. I feel so honored (laughs) to be hanging on the phone and chilling and chatting with the president of the Police Emerald. Look, that's a big deal. Uh, We talked before the interview. I took my first trip to Ireland uh, after Christmas last year. Got to see the hometown from where my grandparents came from. Got to visit a lot of the country. Can't wait to go back. And something about that whole experience, uh, I don't want to get, you know, all touchy-feely here, but something about that experience changed me or awakened something inside of me. Uh, And I don't, I'm not, I haven't been a big believer in genetics or ancestry before but i am now and i see so many common factors of people there with me and with people that i knew from the maryland area who were of irish descent in particular people of irish descent who were in law enforcement huge similarities yeah no it's it's uh i think it's it's universal uh, I've, I've traveled to ireland myself and met several uh, the Garda over there, and you, you, know, you start talking about a lot of the common stories uh, that they have, that we have, and it really, you, you see how universal police work is throughout the country. And I see it, too, going to police week every year and meeting officers from all over the country, you know, other parts of the world. Um, you know, recently we were, we were talking about Amy, and a group came to Baltimore, uh, Brothers Before Others, uh-huh. and really took us into the, the their family and it's about four thousand police officers uh on Facebook. Um this network of just phenomenal police officers that, that believe in the, the brotherhood, the sisterhood of police work, um and just, just do an incredible job with uh with spreading the good word of what police officers do every single day. And and my experience and even back in the eighties, uh we in Baltimore we're a very diverse group. We had officers of every race, uh, of every ethnicity, every religion. We had people who were gay. We had people who were lesbian. We had people who were straight. We, it, you know what the funny thing was? No one cared. No. Just come to work. Yeah, and it was as if... Do your job. As if people thought that, that there's a preconceived idea of police being very negatively, very conservative, and... and ostracizing people who aren't just like them and that's not been the truth at all not in my experience absolutely no it, it's just it just comes into you know you come to work you do what your job is you know what you're expected to do your job take care of one another and as long as everyone goes home safe at the end of the day you've accomplished your mission that's the main thing yeah, absolutely so let's talk about the police and society of baltimore 
what's it take to be a member traditionally of your organization or other Emerald societies across the United States? I, I imagine they're all pretty similar. Yes, it's just a matter of visiting our website. We have our online application, $25 application fee um, annually, and, and that's really about it. You know, you don't have to be of Gaelic descent. Everyone is welcome. We have our sworn active members, which comprises active and retired member uh, police officers. And then we also have our associate component, which are local civilians that are to support our calls and support law enforcement and the Irish community. So you don't even have to be Irish of Irish descent to be a member of the Emerald Society of, of Baltimore or the other ones across the United States. Correct. So that's another stereotype down the drain. Yeah, right down the drain, yes. And by the way, we of Irish descent, we do more than drink and fight. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we tell <laughs> stories, we dance, we sing. Uh, did you, when you went to Ireland, did you, did you go to the, any of the pubs? Well, that was actually the tour that we took was the uh, Irish pub tour. So it, it took us through Dublin, the East Coast, um, down south of Ireland, and just hit all the B&Bs. And every so did you do like Galway all the way down to Cork, down that area? Yes. Yep. What a fantastic place uh, and fantastic people. And, you know, my time in Ireland, I did not see one bar fight. Oh, I saw one person <laughs> get thrown out of a pub in, in Galway, but they were pretty snockered. So... When we talk about your big event coming up the day before St. Patrick's Day, I'm sure there's going to be, we call it bull and oyster roast. That's pit beef. For those who watch diners, drives, and dives, you get an idea what we're talking about. Uh, what else is going to be there food and entertainment-wise? Uh, food, drink. Uh, obviously, we'll have Guinness on tap and flowing. One of our favorite local bands called the Shamrogues will be playing. Uh, there's a local uh, Irish dance group, the O'Connor School of Irish Dance, will be coming in to dance. Uh, the McMillan Pipe Band will come in. And also, we have a retired Baltimore City fireman, Bob McCurdy, who is the Emerald Society bagpiper. And he will come in and do our traditional uh, toast that we do every single event that we have. He'll play Amazing Grace. and we That always slays me. Yes, and we, we do a toast for for all our fallen and all the cops on the street and all the soldiers, airmen, marines, sailors that are deployed out in the world right now. And that's another thing. You're hitting on so many things that doesn't get mentioned in the media much. There is a kinship, uh, almost like a family kinship between military veterans and law enforcement. And a lot of our law enforcement officers are military veterans. And People love to tell you there's an opposition between the two. I've never experienced that. I've never seen it. We always went out of our way to try to take care of each other. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, just like you were saying with your, your nephew, I mean, it, it's just a natural selection to go from, from military you know, service abroad to coming home and serving your community. You just, it, it, it goes hand in hand. I was very lucky. I was taught by a lot of Vietnam veterans uh they were you know experienced officers they were nine ten years on the job when i was a rookie uh and we actually had some uh, commanders and old-time police real old-time police back when i was a rookie who were korean war veterans and and these men really had a way of helping you understand and, and molding you as a street officer a street cop 
uh, on how to be a, a, a member of that community of the post you worked uh, and and how to be effective and not to, and to treat people with respect and all those things that we hear now associated with the term community policing, which we did for years. I don't know when it changed. Yeah, I think you know, through academia, they just like to coin names for, for different styles of policing when really it, it's just basic police work. It's just getting out, knowing your community. I know when I worked the midnight shift in Dundalk, I, I literally dealt with easily the, the same 20 people yeah. 90% of the time. It was, it was always the same folks. So if you know your post, you're not going to have any problems. You'll be right, able to right. keep and it Right, right. And if a guy ran from me, he often knew who he was and where he lived. And we'd be on his porch when he, when he finally made it home. <laughs> yep. And we knew who drank too much on Friday nights. We knew all that stuff. And the most important thing was they, they knew our names because you had the same three core people work in one area all the time. They had fill-ins. We were off and days off for vacation. But as a primary, same three officers, and we rotated shifts. So it became known in that community, and people knew you by your last name. They gave you nicknames, all that stuff. You know, one of the things that, that happens here where I am, I, I don't think I've ever seen a police walk into our business just to say hello. And that was something that was ingrained in us from day one. We'd, you know, walk, get out of your car when you didn't have a call, when you had some slow time, get out, walk around, say hello to people. Yeah, I think you, you really need to. It's, uh, you know, technology is supposed to be here to help us out, but I think it's really at the same time hindered us and kind of put us in between, um, you know, putting names to faces and meeting people. You know, you're kind of locked into your computer and, Everybody's got social media now, and and they're on their smartphones. It just, it, it it's definitely different times. Things have changed, I think, tr- dramatically within the past ten years. Technology-wise, you know, it, it definitely helps us solve a lot of crimes, but I think it also it's uh, slowing us down. Excuse me, slowing us down in many other aspects of police work. Well, you know, we're going to talk about that when you have your big bash uh, again. When is that? That's going to be March sixteenth, eight p.m. The 12 midnight. And where can people get more details about that event and the Emerald Society? Right on our Facebook page or our website, www.pesbaltimore.org. Eric Brennan, thanks so much for your time and for being a guest on the show. It's very much appreciated. Yep, thank you for having me. It was absolutely my pleasure. And everyone out there listening, please stay safe and hope to see you out on the road sometime. If you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a great guest, we'd love to hear from them and we'd accommodate them from anywhere. It doesn't matter where they are. Yeah. So just contact us. The easiest way is go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, the contact us tab. Send an email to me, j at lawenforcementtoday.com, a message via Facebook. We're all over this thing called the World Wide Web, Instagram, and all that stuff too. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.